Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access. with head coach Bruce Arians. Caught ball at the 25, 20, 15, 10, Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome into the Bruce Arians Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians and another W on the books. Always fun to get to talk to you after a win, coach. Congratulations uh, on that game in Denver. And first of all, I mean, we got to talk about the defense. This, they've been just killing it. It's, it's been amazing to watch. I know this last game, six sacks, you know, two interceptions, forced fumble. I mean, just stats out the wazoo. Overall, just how impressed have you been by their play through three games? Yeah, I mean, it's been really, really dynamite, and it's a different guy every time. It's a, it's a good competition on who's going to get to the quarterback the fastest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's got to be exciting that it's you're not relying on one guy, that there is so much diversity. And, and I mean, if you got to talk about one guy, though, Shaq getting to go back to Denver. And I know there's got to be a part of you as a coach that roots a little extra hard for a guy like that when you know that there's a game that, that probably means a little bit more to him. So was that kind of in your mind going into this game? Oh, there's no doubt. You know, I knew he was going to play really, really well, and I was hoping, you know, for him that uh, it would it would work out that way. Great, great sack on the on the safety, and uh, just overall played a heck of a ball game. Yeah, can you take me through those those two sacks that he got and worked what worked well? Because I know we had talked about how he hadn't been able to get a sack going into this game. You'd mentioned how he'd been close a few times uh, that he was still really disruptive. He was allowing other guys to be getting in there. But what finally worked for him in this game to get those stats? Well, the one, you know, he's got great speed, and they ran a bootleg, and he just chased him down and got him down on the ground. And uh, the other should have really been Devin. Devin got up the middle and uh, got the quarterback off the spot and used up the running back, and Shaq just just followed him up the middle and and got got the safety and uh, almost, almost a sack fumble for a touchdown. It was real close not to be a touchdown. Yeah, that would have been incredible. I mean, it's been years since there's been a safety, so that's an exciting play. And and just in general, what has it done for the offense? We talked a little bit last week about just being able to capitalize on turnovers, but then now, you know, your defense is getting some points like that, that just the, the positions that they set the offense up in, either through points, getting them the ball back, field position. How have you seen that change what the offense has been able to do? Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, we finally, you know, we started out the game on the on the fourteen yard line, I think, from the block punt from from Pat O'Connor, and uh, then we had a, a punt return in midfield. So our de- our defense did a great job of of maintaining them in their own end. So if we didn't make first downs, Bradley Pinion did a great job of pinning them back down, and it was a really good field position day for us. Yeah, and Pat O'Connor, I heard that he got the game ball or got one of the game balls after the game. And, uh, I mean, another thing besides the safety, it's been years since there's been a blocked punt. That is not a play you see very often. Take us through how impressive it was for him to not only block it, but then recover it and take it down there. Yeah, he just he just whipped his man and and got back there, got a hand on it, did a great job of just reaching out, getting his hand on the ball, and then uh, hustling down. And I thought he was going to score. And uh, he scooped it up and got it down to the 14. And Vita got in there with, he had a, a big QB hit, got his first sack of the season. Uh, how has he been producing? I mean, this was the first game that he had some stats like that. But overall, what have you seen from him? And then what, again, erupted into some more noticeable, even getting a sack this last game? Yeah, he's been very, very close. He's been getting great push up the pocket. He took the center right back into the quarterback a couple of times. And, and quarterbacks feel that. And it might not be a sack on the stat sheet, but it's a disruptive play. It makes a guy very inaccurate when he feels you coming, especially when it's Vita coming. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that that would be something we'd all probably notice having Vita heading towards us no matter how close he was. And Jordan Whitehead, a, a sack for him. Uh, we talked about him last game in an interception, and now he's getting a sack. And um, Just talk a little bit about how impressive it is as a safety what he's been doing in some of those numbers. Yeah, he's got, he's got great production right now. He's tackling really, really well. Got the interception last week. Got a big sack this week. Uh, just playing, playing his position um, at a very high level. Very fast, very physical. And overall, it seems like the, the DB blitz has, has been working really well and, and just all the different things that Bowles is bringing, all the different looks. I mean, that's something that we've heard a lot about him in years is, is just how many different looks and all the different things that, that his defense can bring without being overly complicated for the guys on it. How proud have you been of what they've been able to do, the creativity there, and then just overall the success of these blitzes coming from the DBs? Yeah, Todd. Todd's always had great success, and and uh, he loves to pressure the quarterback from a number of different ways. You never know if it's a safety, a corner, uh, inside backer, outside backer, and, and we have so many interchangeable parts that can do so many different things. So it's it's a fun it's a fun time to be uh, P. Todd Bowles because he can be very very creative. And as someone like yourself who has more of the offensive background, explain from the offensive perspective what a defense like that does to you as you try to prepare for it. If, if you were facing, you know, this Todd Bowles defense with this personnel, what would be the things that would be going through your mind in a week leading up to going against them? Yeah, you know, we, go, we go against them the whole training camp. So it, it's a very, very good teaching tool for our, our offensive uh, system because it's a system check. You better know your, your protections inside and out when you're hot, when you're not. Um, backs finding those safeties that are coming off the edges and it's it, it puts a lot a lot of pressure on the quarterback i saw anthony nelson was getting in there as well like you talked about at the beginning you had a lot of different guys um getting getting time and, and it's not just one guy producing but what have you seen from anthony nelson that's given you some faith to put him in there for a few more snaps yeah he had 27 snaps in this game he caused the interception he had had great pressure on the quarterback and hit his arm and you know we got that interception from levante and uh but that was anthony all the ways He's improving and getting better and better. And Mike Edwards' first interception of his career. Can you take us through that play and then uh, you know the confidence you had of him coming in there once there was an injury and guys were getting kind of shuffled around a bit? Yeah, you know, I talked to Mike last week. I said, "Your time's coming. You just better be ready." And uh, and he was more than ready. Um, you know, Antoine went down the nickel when Sean got injured, and uh, Mike went into safety, and uh, we really didn't miss a beat. A great one-handed interception that, that Mike is a ball hawk and, uh, you know, he's tackling better. So, um, yeah, I feel very, very comfortable with him back there. Take us through that decision to put Winfield at the nickel instead and, and just maybe even how impressive that is as a rookie on such a shortened off season that you have the kind of confidence in him to be playing multiple positions. Yeah, he's a very, very bright guy. He studies the, studies the heck out of the game. So, you know, he played it all, all of training camp. He was always the backup nickel. So he got, a, he got his reps at safety, doing a good job there. But he, he, he does a really nice job at nickel, too. Really good blitzer. And now on the offensive side of things, uh, take us through that, that Chris Godwin touchdown to open the game. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a high-low with he and Gronk, and uh, they were both open. Tommy hit Chris, and that's what Chris does. He scores. You know, you give him the ball inside the 10, he's getting it in the end zone somehow. And he runs over the guy and does a great job of outstretching the hand, two hands with the ball and, and getting it in the end zone. 
Yeah, I think we talk so much about, you know, Mike Evans' physicality and his size, and I think that sometimes we forget, you know, the way that Chris Godwin is built and his ability to have those kind of physical plays. And then I know he also um, was a huge part of, of blocking for one of the Mike Evans touchdowns, and you've, you've, railed on, you've, you've talked a lot about that as well. So, so explain the type of wide receiver that Chris Godwin is in the ways that maybe we don't always appreciate. Well, everybody sees, you know, he can run and he can make unbelievable catches. Uh, he he had made that one low one-handed catch, got up off the ground and got a few more yards. But uh, to me, Chris is probably the best blocking receiver in the league right now. I mean, he's up there with the guys I've had in the past, Heinz Ward, even Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, but Chris is – He's got a lot of strength in his lower body, and he can handle linebackers. And he doesn't mind blocking linebackers and uh, and safeties. So uh, when you do that kind of dirty work, we're going to get you the ball somewhere near the end zone. Casey Phillips here with Bruce Arians. Mike Evans had probably my, my favorite stat line I've ever seen in terms of efficiency. Two catches, two yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, take us through what he was able to do in, in those plays right there in the red zone. Yeah, it was hard to get Mike single covered in that game, and we had to get down to the two-yard line or the one-yard line. And, uh, you know, they, they loaded up. Those were, those were run-pass option-type plays, and uh, they loaded up the box and, and single covered him. And Tom put two beautiful balls on him, and, and Mike's going to score every time he gets that chance. And Gronk with six receptions, 48 yards. Uh, what worked for him this game? I know that there had even been a lot of discussion leading up to the game about, you know, how much or how little the tight ends had been used, would be used. Uh, so I wanted to hear what, what about this game and these matchups led to him, you know, being a little bit more involved in the, in the passing part? Yeah, this was a team that was going to double cover Mike play a lot of split safeties and open the middle of the field. So both our tight ends did a heck of a job of getting open. Gronk did a good job running after the catch. I know Tom would like to have that one back in the corner because that, that was a great uh, drop by Gronk and for the, that was good to have been a touchdown, but uh, just overthrew him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the type of game our, our tight ends are going to get the ball. Yeah, and OJ, I mean, pretty incredible 33-yard catch where we were joking when we looked at the photos afterward that he basically caught the ball and caught the defender all at the same time. And, you know, as we've talked about the the chemistry and the growth in that area between Brady and these different offensive weapons, um, how important was a play like that to see? I just feel like that was sort of all the elements of what you're kind of looking for in this offense of what OJ does and, and the chemistry with him and Brady. And, I mean, that, that was a tight window that that ball got fit in. Yeah, I mean, the Tom saw the, 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 you know, the defender's back turn, and we always say when a defender's back turn, one hand's open or the other, either downfield hand or the back shoulder. So he put a great ball in there, and, and uh, O.J. did a heck of a job of catching that ball. And uh, you always like to get the receiving yards and not the penalty yards. So uh, just super job on the whole play. Casey Phillips, Bruce Arians, and we are joined by a very special guest, none other than Tom Brady. Tom, thanks for being with us. What's up, guys? Good to be with you guys today. Okay, well, I mean, it is the Bruce Arians show, so i got to start out by asking, you know, what your relationship has got to be like from, with Bruce Arians, what do you think of him as a coach, and it's not like you're being put on the spot with him listening here or anything. No, nah, it's all good. We've, uh, you know, we got to, to know each other and really enjoyed the time. Um, you know, it was a little different this off season, just not having uh, a chance to really be together through the OTAs and, and the uh, – you know, the summer, but we got back for camp and it's been great and just getting to know each other and talk football and, uh, you know, get off to a decent start here has been a lot of fun. So hopefully we keep improving. I know we will. It's a lot of hardworking guys and, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, 
you know, a lot of work ahead. And Bruce, now that you've seen not only camp, but you know, a few weeks of the regular season, how have you seen Tom influence things like practice or meeting rooms or individual players, maybe even in the way that you kind of try to as a coach? Yeah, I think it's totally different when, uh, when Tom speaks than when I speak. And, uh, you know, sometimes players listen to other players way, way more than they'll listen to a coach. And uh, Tom has a great rapport with all the guys. And, uh, you know, they listen when he speaks because, he, you know, he has a resume that's, that says you better listen. You say it's a little different when each of you speaks. All right, Bruce, which one of you you think uses more colorful language? I probably use more of it. He might use it louder. But, <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm going to win with more. <laughs> Quality and quantity here. That's that's what, kind of what we're hearing. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right. Well, you know, Tom, I know we've talked a lot about you know you trying to get the chemistry with the offense in the shortened off season. Now that there have been three games, uh, we're, we're kind of treating this like a state of the union. Now, where, where are we at here through three weeks, and, and how you feel like you're feeling chemistry wise with your wide receivers and the offense overall? Well, I, I think we got obviously uh, you know a lot of work to do. This is I, I think from you know the quarterback standpoint, you feel like throughout the year you're going to keep trying to make improvements and trying to be better. And it's, you know, realizing, you know, it's our third game. You know, I think we're we're doing better things in practice and being more consistent and learning each other and, um, you know, being able to anticipate, play with confidence, um, which leads to great execution. And I think we've had spurts of pretty, pretty good execution and other times where we've had a lot of self-inflicted errors. And if we can eliminate those self-inflicted errors – you know, I think it's it's it provides us a great opportunity to win because now offensively we can make a lot of dynamic plays. We just got to be able to do it on a consistent basis. So um, there's no magic formula that you got to you know put the concentration in practice. Um, you know, you got to understand what we're trying to accomplish on every play, and then you got to go out there and do it. And um, you know, that's that's the that's what the player's responsibility is to do. Uh, Coach and I were talking about the, the tight ends, especially in this third game, that you know Gronk was six catches and about 48 yards, and then, of course, O.J. with that incredible 33-yard catch in such a tight window. Uh, how excited were you to see you know the, the way that the chemistry seemed to work so well um, in getting them involved in the offense this last game? Yeah, it's so important, and it's a great position for us, and there's a lot of guys who have played a lot of football and have played a lot of great football. And um, you know, I think everybody's going to get different turns at each week. You can't be able you know, you can't, force it to anybody you can't predict hey this is the way things are going to go this is how the game's going to go you know everyone's got to be available and if you're on the roster you got to be able to make the contribution so um, whether it's through injury or whether it's through certain situations when the guys get their opportunity they got to be able to take advantage of it and I think having those tight ends make those type of plays there was another one another play I missed Gronk on where he was wide open in the end zone and I overthrew it so those guys are going to keep you know being put in, in position to make plays and uh you know, when they make them, it's going to be huge for offense because you add that to what the receiver group can do, what we're doing in the run game, and we got to make them, we got to make them defend everybody, uh, and we got to make them defend everybody. You know, as coach would say, every blade of grass, you got to make them defend. And Bruce, where would you say? I know you've talked about you guys aren't quite where the offense is clicking on all cylinders yet. You knew it was kind of only a matter of time. How close do you feel like the offense is to being at, at peak level, and, and what maybe still would need to happen to get there? Well, health is one. You know, our receivers uh, have been on and off. You know, Mike missed those eight or nine game, eight or nine practices before New Orleans and Chris missed the week, and uh, we'll see what Chris is this week. So it, it's hard on the quarterback when different guys are practicing to get that timing and that, conf- that confidence that I know when he's going to break. So the ball's already in the air. 
when it's a different guy a lot of times. Uh, it's not so much as the concepts as it is the individuals doing those concepts. So I think we're still in the crawling stages. Um, well, we're, we're, we're getting better, but we, we have so much more to get, and, uh, and I think we'll get there soon. And, Tom, I mean, how important has the defense been for you guys and what you've been able to do in the offense, all the sacks, all the turnovers, the good field position, I mean, even special teams kind of getting in there with things like the blocked punt. What does that do for you when you see those things happening, and how excited does that get you to know what the other side of the ball is going to do? Well, it's it's been huge for us offensively as we're kind of learning each other, you know, understanding that defense has a lot of good playmakers getting us great field position, and, you know, if we don't make – uh, if we don't turn the ball over and put our defense in in uh, in poor field position, it's going to be really hard for the other team to score points. So, our defense been playing great. Um, you know, they're getting they're making a lot of big plays. You know, and you know even like the start of the second half, we didn't play very well. We got behind downs quite a bit in the third quarter, and the defense just kept hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there, and uh, you know really just you know did a hell of a job there in the second half. So. We got to be able to support them on offense. We got to go make the plays to win. We, you know, we can't have self-inflicted errors. We can't turn it over. We can't put ourselves, you know, behind that the down and distance like we did all day. And if we, if we can eliminate those things, you know, we're just going to keep getting better. But it's been huge to see the defense, and they got a lot of playmakers too. Not just guys sacking the quarterback, but intercepting passes, knocking balls out, you know, tight coverage. So it's been great to see. We, we went against them all camp. We know how talented they are, but it's great to see it show up on game day. All right. Well, Tom, thanks so much for being with us. We, we appreciate you being our special guest here on the Bruce Arians Show. Appreciate it. Casey Phillips with Coach Arians. We want to get a little bit into this upcoming game against the Chargers. And, you know, we talked last week about how with Denver, they had so many injuries and it was really affecting, uh, you know, who how you were game planning, who you were game planning for. And now at the quarterback position, as the time we're shooting this, we don't really know exactly what's going on there, but both of them have been beat up a little bit. So let's just talk about both their quarterbacks, just in case, not knowing who's going to go in there. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is one of those guys, a very, very mobile guy, you know, read option, great bootleg quarterback, and he can spin it. He can throw it down the field. Um, Then Justin Herbert, the rookies, had two back-to-back 300-yard passing games. So, you know, he's a first-round pick for a reason. Again, very athletic a uh, lot of speed for a big man and uh, and a heck of an arm and uh, and he's got some he's got some weapons in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and uh, the tight ends they they got they got they got really really good skill players. Well, and then how about on the defensive side of things, especially with that pass rush? You know, talk about guys like you know you got Joey Bosa, you got Melvin Ingram. I mean, that's a that's a pretty potent combo up there. What have you seen them been able to do in terms of the pass rush, especially? Well, you know what Joey is, and you you got to account for him. He he's a he's a rolling ball of butcher knives. He's coming all the time, spinning inside, outside. So he'll wear tackles, whatever hands full with him. Uh, Melvin didn't play last week, so we'll, he's also one of those guys that's inside, outside, uh, a lot like Shaq, uh, very, very slippery guy that uh, can really put some heat on the quarterback. So their defense, when you turn on the film, you see a lot of speed. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians, brought to you by Advent Health. We will be right back with offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, so don't go anywhere. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians with us the first half of the show, and now I am so excited to be joined by offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. Byron, thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, I mean, so many things I'm excited to ask you about today. We'll start with the Denver game. Um, and, and I guess first I wanted to hear a little bit about the altitude and um, how you felt like the team handled it. Uh, I think we handled it well. The good thing for us, we, we, we get an opportunity to practice and play in heat. So uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't really worried too much about the altitude. Uh, I know I've been out there as a player, and the ball do come out your hands a little differently from a quarterback standpoint. But Tom's been out there, I think, what, eight, nine, ten times. So <laughs> it's a situation where I wasn't really too concerned about the altitude. I was more concerned about us going out and executing. Well, it's funny you mentioned that about how many times Tom has done that. I imagine that's a phrase that you basically get to say all the time now, that any situation that happens, oh, Tom's done this a dozen times. And <laughs> I imagine that's, that is so helpful for you as a coordinator that you're not really having to work with your quarterback on new situations. I mean, he, pretty much anything there is, he's seen. Yeah, and that's the great thing about having Tom. I mean, he saw every situation. He's been in every situation. Uh, Every type of like situational football situation he's been in, every stadium, every bus ride, every trip, every, you know, he's been through it all so we can easily communicate and do what's best for us. And I was thinking about with the, the altitude or whatever kind of weather conditions are, are different than what you're used to here in Florida. Um, are there weather conditions that make you guys alter a game plan or is it just you try to make sure that you're going to execute no matter what? Oh, uh, yeah, we just try to execute through weather. Uh, we're always aware of the weather, especially rain, because rain's the one that really affects you. Uh, rain is really the one where the ball becomes different. So we try to prepare for that in practice. The good thing for us here in Florida, we get a lot of it. So we're always in the situation where we can work a wet ball drill. But we don't really worry about the weather. We're more focused on trying to do what we can to execute the plays. And now looking at that beginning of the Denver game, uh, I know that blocked punt had to get you fired up that even though that's not your crew doing that, it, it's going to help your crew potentially more than anybody. So when things like either that blocked punt or maybe the, the safety later in the game happen, what's your reaction when that goes down? Oh, man, you're happy for these guys because we're one big family. You know, it's, it's not our group. It's not my group, but we're all in this together. So you're happy for everyone. You're always happy for Todd and the defense when something go well. You're happy for Keith and the special teams when something go well, just like they are with us. Uh, we all got our hand in the power. We're just trying to do what we can to win football games. And it sets you up for that Godwin touchdown early in the game. Can you take us through uh, that series and, and that touchdown? Well, it was something that happened, uh, something that particularly happened in the week of practice that we adjusted and we fixed, and it just goes to show you how important communication is. Uh, it's the reason why we scored. It's the reason why Chris had the wherewithal to do what he did. It's because of the communication we had throughout the week on that exact same play. And it ended up turning out exactly how we thought it would happen. And Chris just did a heck of a job of making getting that ball in the end zone. Very few people could have got that ball in there. We trusted him to make those type of plays. Yeah, he really is so special in so many ways that I think people don't always know to appreciate. Um, explain why he is so unique and so so special, especially in light of a play like that, where it, it shows sort of the physicality behind him as well that a lot of wide receivers might, might not have been able to bring. And, and it's really his mindset. Uh, he's a really, really good wide receiver. 
he's an even better football player. And I said, that's the big compliment that I always give to Chris. He's a great football player. He's a guy that plays football and everything that come with the game of playing football. So we're just happy that we have a guy like this that is as big as he is, that has the mindset. I mean, you just watch he, the way he caught that ball in his mind the whole time he was scoring the touchdown there. I'm just happy that we got him on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And I think a great example of that also is he was the the lead blocker essentially for Mike on one of his touchdowns. Um, and that's something I know I've heard B.A. talk about a lot is Godwin's ability as a blocker. Um, explain how, I guess, unique that is for a wide receiver and what makes him so good at that. I mean, he's so unique because he's a big guy. And there's times I ask him, you know, hey, I need you to block a linebacker. <laughs> He'll block linebacker. He'll block linemen, defensive linemen. He can handle all those different situations that we put him in. And I try my best not to constantly keep him in those situations, but it's good to know that you got Chris in your back pocket. You face with a tough situation, a tough um, front, something where you have to get out of the play. He always bails you out as a coach because he can do so many different things. So, He's one of our best football players, and we just – I tell you, man, we're just happy to have that type of player on our team because he rubs off on everybody else. You got a lot of young guys, Tyler, guys behind him that can watch him and learn from him and try to make the plays that he makes. So it's it's not just about the plays he makes in the game, too. It's really what he does throughout the week of practice, how he go about the game of football, how he practices, the things he do to get himself ready to play football. We're talking to offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, and we, we brought up the Mike Evans touchdown. I think his stat line was one of the funnier things I've seen in a while, the two catches, <laughs> two yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, that's I, I think that's about as efficient as it can get. So <laughs> take us through those, those two touchdowns and those two plays for him. Well, I mean, people are going out. Uh, it's been weird this year. We've been facing teams that's, you know, pretty much said they're going to double them every play, you know, no matter what the situation is. No matter what the circumstance is, they, they just said, hey, we're going to try to double him every play. And it was good to see other guys make plays because when you're in that situation, you don't want to force that ball every time into double coverage. You want to get the ball to your better players that's singled and Scotty and Chris. And as you've seen with Grunk and Juice, those guys did a really good job of making their one-on-one battles, winning their one-on-one battles and making the plays. So, I mean, if team's going to play that way, hey, we can't control how they're going to play. All we can do is try to put our guys in position to make plays if that do happen. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand why they want to double him. You know, it, it, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Mike, Mike commands that, but then that's what's so incredible about this offense is I, I feel like for you, you've almost got to get excited when you see that of like, okay, you know, double him. Let's see how that goes. We have 8,000 other people that we can get the ball to. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and that's how we got, that's how we view it. I know that's how I view it. I just try to put the guys consistently, put them in position to win. And because you can't control what what a defense, you don't know the game plan of the defense going into the game. All you can do is put your guys in position, be ready for everything. Uh, The good thing is we got a lot of work against it. So we're still doing things to try to get him the ball. He ended up with two touchdowns, but we're aware what people are trying to do. You try to teach them off that and still just put guys in position to make plays outside of that. And that corner fade to Mike, I just feel like that was the epitome of what Mike brings, you know, that basically just throw it up because he's probably bigger than whoever's on him or, you know, he's just going to physically be able to make a play there where it's like Tom could practically just close his eyes and heave it. And if it's anywhere near Mike, he's going to be the guy you, you trust to, to come down with it. As an offensive coordinator, um, 
when you see that, when you, you know, you come in here and you see what Mike is capable of, explain what that does for you and what all you can call, you know, just the diversity that lets you have of options when you have guys like him and maybe even other, you know, Gronk and OJ, just guys that are so physically overpowering and and so easily causing mismatches. It's a skill set that goes with that. People think it's just because he's big, you can just throw a big guy. But it's a lot of big people in this league that you can't throw that ball to. Uh, it's a skill set that Mike has. Mike's a big guy that has little man traits that can move, get his body in position. So it's really a skill set for Mike. Uh, he just so happened to be tall. Uh, he's not winning because he's tall. He can get in position. He know how to set guys up. So it's really more about his skill set than size you know, with him because the things that he's able to do, I mean, man, just to be that big and able to do the things that he does, that's what makes him, that would make Mike so special. And, you know, you get him in one-on-one situations, you just want to give him an opportunity to make a play. Uh, I know it looks simple as if we're just throwing the ball to a bigger, taller guy, but trust me, it's a lot of skill that go into the plays that he made. 1,000%. And uh, another big imposing guy like that, Gronk, six receptions, 48 yards. And, man, one of the plays in particular watches, I think there were three Broncos trying to pull him down. <laughs> and I did not envy them in that job. So, I mean, even after he has played for so long, retired, unretired, explain what he brings from a physical standpoint. And same, same thing of, with Mike of just what he can bring in that area that, that makes him so unique. Well, the thing with Gronk, we're, you know, he can make a lot of plays that, you know, a very few guys can make. And, you know, the tough part is we didn't have the preseason. We didn't have all those things to see those things. So now as we begin to learn him, we're getting a better opportunity of putting him in position to make plays. Um, and he's came through and made the plays that came his way. So early in the year, when nothing really came his way, it was some spots where he was open and the ball just didn't get that way. So, you know, we'll just keep putting him in position to make plays. It did see him. I did believe he's getting more comfortable with what we're trying to do. I do believe he played faster Sunday, and I just hopefully we can keep him there, keep him playing that fast because I believe he'll make those type of plays all the time. Yeah, and OJ, another one, he had uh, an incredible catch, that 33-yarder in just the tiniest little window. And I loved looking at the the photo where he basically had the, the ball and the defender. <laughs> he, he caught yes. both of them. And, uh, you know, explain what he also – having him and Gronk as options, what that does to a defense and, and what a guy like OJ to make the, that kind of catch and then what it says about the chemistry with him and Tom, that Tom could fit it into such a tight window. Yeah, and it's more really about the work that Juice put in. I mean, Juice put in a lot of work this summer, a lot of work when we got back, and you're seeing it pay off. I don't know if we'd have made that play last year at the same time. Uh, the exact same play, I remember he, him being in a similar situation and we didn't make the play. And then this exact same situation, it was almost automatic. It was almost like he was not going – he was going to make the play regardless. So that's just, I just like where Juice is at now. Juice is getting better, I think. Things are slowing down for Juice also in his second year in this system. And I think Juice is really excited, and I think Juice feels good about who he is as a player. I think he's ready to showcase his talent and put uh, put it on tape week in and week out. Uh, he's another guy that's gotten so much better from the year and a half that we've been here that you just want to continue to see this guy improve and just continuously put him in position to make plays. But he's doing a heck of a job getting better across the board. Well, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Offensive Coordinator Byron Lefwich, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. 
You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We are here with offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. We're talking about that Denver win, and uh, you know, we're talking about some of those amazing weapons. And you know, basically everyone we talked about so far were all the guys that everyone already knew coming in, kind of knew who they were. But Scotty Miller is the one that I feel like at the beginning of the season is, is a little bit more the, the dark horse candidate, you know, the, the guy that people outside of Tampa may not have known a lot about, but now they're starting to hear that name a lot more. Two, two games out of the three already are new career highs in yards for him. Uh, you know, he got a 47-yard catch this game, a couple big plays from him. What have you seen in his chemistry with Tom and, and what he's already brought in these first three games? Well, those guys have connected early for really when the guys first – Met really this off season, so it, it's Scotty, someone that you know we think highly of. I think highly of. Uh, I, we kind of knew he would turn into this player that he is. It was just uh, teaching him some things. Sometimes I tell people when you come from a smaller school, sometimes and then you make it to the National Football League, there's a bigger jump sometimes, you know, because there's things that are so different, so drastically different than what you may see probably at, like from a Bowling Green, but. Me being a guy that's from that conference that played in that division, the Mac, I had an understanding of what he can be. I mean, he's a guy that can – he's not just a fast guy. He's a skilled guy. He can put his feet in the ground. He can make plays on the ball. He can catch the ball. He knows how – he has body control. He knows how to get to the open spot on the field. So he plays – I was saying, he's not just running fast. He's playing with a certain skill set, too, that we that we thought he had, that we knew he had, and it's good to see him showcase it week in and week out. Do you have maybe a bit of a, a soft spot for guys from the smaller schools and conferences because of your background? Uh, not that I have a soft spot. I just I just think football players come from everywhere. Uh, I just think sometimes you can fall into a trap of thinking, you know, players only come from the ACC, SEC. And there's a lot of Hall of Fame football players from schools that nobody never heard of. So <laughs> I just try to make sure I just let the tape tell me what, what I see watch the tape, give everybody the respect they deserve. And that's how you get guys like Scotty to come out here and play well for you because you believe in these guys. And then they go out and just show their skill set. Their skill set is good enough for Sunday football. And now they get an opportunity to showcase it. And when I think of the small school thing, I, I now especially think about our offensive line. I mean, our entire interior come from schools that most people may have never even heard of, which I think yeah. is amazing. It's, it's one thing for it to not be a football school. It's another for people to be like, I'm sorry, Ho- Hobart? What is, where is that? And I just think it's so amazing that all three of them have played so well, come from these small schools. Um, how impressive, when you talk about that jump that can be even more from a small school, talk about that jump in terms of an offensive lineman and, and how impressive it is that those three guys are guys that anchor that line that you have a lot of confidence in and that they did make that jump. They're really the backbone of our offense. The thing that's for us is that we're fortunate. We have veteran guys up front. These guys may be from small schools, but they're veteran guys who's been in this league, who've played a lot of snaps. And now they have a second year under the system. So you're seeing these guys having more awareness of what we're trying to get done. They they really control the line of scrimmage week in and week out. They really put us in position to make the plays that we make week in and week out. So we know how important those guys is up front. We 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 appreciate what they give us week in and week out. That's a hardworking group. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're from small schools, but that that is a really hardworking group that come to work day in and day out that allow us to do the things that we do on the football field. 
And how did you feel like the O-line played on Sunday in particular? I think they played well. I think the pocket was clean for the most part. I think we did a good job of getting a hat on the head in the run game. So I think we're doing a really good job up front. I think it's been, you know, I think it's been a couple of games now, even going into last year where we played really good football from an offensive line standpoint, and you begin to see it leak into this year, and hopefully we can continue it. And I saw Tyler Johnson, you know, getting some of his first game action. Uh, I know that he did drop that first target, but I just wanted to hear how his, his progress has been coming along. And I know he was injured for a lot of camp and in a year where, you know, they already missed so much this offseason. It's a really tough position to be in as a rookie. Um, but what have you seen from him, what he, his potential, what he could bring, you know, the big reasons why you guys wanted to draft him? Yeah, I mean, he's a special player. He's a big playmaker. Uh, just today I talked to him about all the receivers that's rookies that dropped their first pass. <laughs> he's he's not the first. <laughs> you know, he's not the first. It's it's almost a given. That's how it goes. I don't know why. Yeah. But I told him that's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> it means you're good, on track. Yeah, yeah. Good thing we got it out the way. Uh, yeah. But I really, what I really liked about him and playing him last week, he played three different positions. Uh, he's a guy we can move around. He's a guy that can make plays for us. And he's a guy that's going to continuously keep getting better. Like you say, he's young. He hasn't had a summer. He was injured the whole camp. So this is really his camp right now. And the tough part when, you know, we're in the middle of the season. So he's just working every day. We're trying to pull him along as fast as we can. But he is improving. He's getting better every day. And hopefully we can just continuously getting him better. And then we get another opportunity to make those plays. I believe we will. And Rojo, 13 carries, 53 yards. I think I heard he won the uh, the Angry Run Award on Good Morning Football <laughs> this week, which is – first of all, I would, I would love to hear when that kind of stuff happens, is that something that you guys know about, care about within the team? Do you kind of say anything to guys about that or give them crap about it even? Uh, I don't even think I know what that really is, though. So, I, <laughs> And, yeah, see, that's what I wanted to know. That's great. See, that's the kind of stuff us fans geek out on. But, yes, it essentially means it's a word they give out that's like you were running hard and angry. Like you, like it was a stiff arm. It was a something where this is not just a, a normal run. It was a, it's a big – and I did notice it seemed like, especially later in the game, Rojo was running so hard, getting some of those extra yards, breaking through. So I wanted to hear what, what you thought of his performance on Sunday. Oh, I, I think he's been running the ball like that all all year, really. You look at the New Orleans game, he was running the ball hard. I think the uh, Carolina game, he was running the ball hard. But at the second half, uh, Leonard got more opportunities and had the big plays. I think Rowe has been running the ball hard all year. I think he's a tough tackle. He's a tough guy to get to the ground. I think he's bigger than bigger and faster than most people think. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rojo. I'm a huge fan of Rojo, what he brings to the table. I think he's a special talent that just he just got to keep working on this game and keep running the ball the way he's running, and I think he'll do fine. We're talking offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, and you did mention Leonard Fournette that in the Panthers game he really got a bulk of the work and, and yards and he got that touchdown at the end of the, at the Panthers game, and then um, Rojo got a little bit more of the work this last Sunday. Um, just explain – what Fournette brings and how incredible it is, how quickly he had to learn the playbook and, and pick things up. Oh man. I think he's done a great job of that. Of coming in here at the time he came in, we had to wait a couple of days just because of all the COVID stuff to even just get him in the building. And he's came in the building before he got here. I heard he was a smart guy and he's proven that uh, we put him in position. Like I said, we played him the first week, with only a week of practice. He handled it well. He's handling more and more as he go. 
I think the the beautiful thing about the last two games is that we, you know, we were in four minute football situations at the end of both of those games. Last week we were able to uh, a week and a half ago we was able to turn around, give the ball to Leonard Fournette, and he finished the game. And then this yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday, whenever Sunday was, <laughs> he was <laughs> we was able to give it the row and let him finish the game. Anytime you can do that as a football team when teams know you're about to run it and still be able to do a good job of it, it shows you that how good a job we're doing up front and how good a job we're doing as runners. And two games now in a row you've, you've had big leads, um, which is, of course, a wonderful thing and what you're always striving for. But I think there, there's always a little bit of challenge that comes with that as well of, um, you know, continuing to keep the foot on the gas and not let up and um, just kind of how you go about managing the clock maybe while not just becoming a passive team. So what are the challenges of that? And how do you feel like the team has handled having that big lead for two weeks? Uh, I think we're always trying to score. So I just think uh, with this year in particular, people expect us to score 50 points a game. You know, <laughs> Is that not the plan? I mean, I, I yes. feel like, yeah, that's, that's my plan. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, I think, you know, it's part of, you know, just, this year, with all the additions we had, people view us that way. And nothing's wrong with that because we view ourselves that way. We're always trying to go out and score. Um, we're never uh, – I don't think we've won enough to ever get lackadaisical or to cruise at any moment. I think what we're trying to build here and what we're trying to do here as a team, I know especially as an offense where I'll speak for, I know we're trying to execute at a high level no matter if it's play 10 or if it's play 70 of the ball game. We just got to execute at a high level, and that's our mindset. Uh, we got to do a better job in the second half. I have no doubt that we will begin to do that. And you guys didn't play in front of fans first couple games, and then there were some fans in Denver. There's going to be some fans this week at Raymond James Stadium. Um, what was – did you feel a difference when there – I know it's not like it's going to be a packed house, but when there were some fans in there, and then just how that affects you – as an offensive coordinator, when I heard that it was so quiet, some of those games, everybody could hear all the calls, all the what's being said in huddles. I mean, how, how does that affect you guys? Well, I think it was different the first week. I think the more we go, I think we've been talking in mass now, and we've been, man, the communication has been different for like months now for all of us, right? So, so, so much communicating is nonverbal. And when you got a mask on, that don't happen. So, we just—I I will say—we're doing a good job of communicating, even though we have masks on, even though it's a tough situation. I think we're doing a better job of communicating. But once the game gets started, you know, I didn't really have no difference in feeling because you get used to it. It was weird the first week, but now that's all you know. So you get into the game. If seven, eight thousand there, if no one's there, once that game gets started and rolling, uh, it's time to go. Okay, well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with Offensive Coordinator Byron Leftwich, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll be right back. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with Head Coach Bruce Arians now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into our final segment with Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health with Offensive Coordinator Byron Leftwich. So uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about just the way that communication has had to change this year, especially things like wearing masks when you're talking to guys. Um, I wanted to hear overall, what are some of the biggest ways that COVID has affected your job? Oh, man, this is different as it, you know, we could never imagine this. This is something that came into all of our lives and let alone the people it's affecting and the families it affected. 
just from a football standpoint, it's been different. Uh, it's been different, especially from a communication standpoint. I mean, in the beginning, you know, you put your mask on and then you can hear each other. But then I remember our first scrimmage when we went to the stadium and, man, that was when we first realized, hey, this thing can be a little different because nobody understood what that, the next guy was trying to say. And we're right next to each other. And it, it was tough, that first thing. But what it did do, it, it helped us and gave us an opportunity to see how difficult it, it can be and what we need to do to just try to combat this thing. So I think we've done a great job of it, recognizing it and then fixing it. How about this offseason when you had, you know, all these rookies, you had new guys like Tom and Gronk coming in, and um, for a huge portion of the offseason, all you guys were allowed to do was, was Zoom meetings. How challenging was that for you as a coaching standpoint? I think we've talked to a lot of the players about what it was like for them, but for you guys trying to – keep these guys engaged. I mean, I'm pretty sure any parent that's had kids trying to do virtual school can appreciate the challenge of, yes. of what you guys were doing. So, so how hard was that? And how did you try to make sure you guys could still have them prepared basically only using Zoom? It was different at first, but then the more I got into it, the more I really liked it because it gave us an opportunity to slow down. It gave me an opportunity to teach from scratch, teach everyone from scratch bring everyone, let's put everybody together and let's start at day one. Let's start at the first chapter of the book and let's just go through it all and try to redo it all. And that's that's the mindset I took. And so it was actually fun for me, to be honest with you, because, I mean, you normally don't have the time to do it in that way. It was so much time from a Zoom standpoint because you wasn't doing anything physically that you had an opportunity to teach and to teach everyone, you know, what you're thinking. And so I used that time as as wisely as I could. I love that time, to be honest with you. The only part is, is that there's a physical element that has to be done with football. And when you add the physical element in it, because they don't tackle on Zoom, they don't hit you on Zoom, nobody touched the ground, there's no grass things with Zoom. Yeah, I mean, on Zoom, I'm an amazing football player. Yes, right? (laughs) You could tell by all the fans, right? Exactly. (laughs) They would (laughs) have did. Right. So it's easy to, you know, to be a good football player on Zoom. So when you get out there, especially for the young guys, because they've never done it before, and then the first thing they do, they get out on the practice field. And, you know, now we're tackling. Now that other guy hits back. You know, that guy pushes back. That guy fights back. And there's some teaching that has to go with that, and that's the process we're in now. Yeah, and and for those rookies, how impressed were you with how they came in, how ready they were, especially if we talk about Tristan and Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, Tristan, his first game, having to protect Tom Brady against Cam Jordan, and now Antoine's already got sacks and forced fumbles, and, I mean, it's just crazy. So how impressed have you been by the two of them? And, and I know you coach Tristan, and then you coach against Antoine in practice, essentially. Mm-hmm. So give us, give us some insight on the two of them. Oh, those two guys are veteran guys. Uh, those two guys seem like they've been here before. <laughs> I mean, those two guys are young men that act like grown men. And the way they approach the game of football, nothing shocking to them, nothing surprises them, nothing's too big, obviously, by the way that these guys are playing. Uh, I think we felt that about these guys. That's why we drafted them, especially with Tristan. Uh, he's a guy that we kind of knew this about. Uh, obviously, we didn't know. You know, you have to get guys in to really truly see, you know, when they start practicing, get inside your huddle. But it's been great to have Tristan inside the huddle and just to know that we could depend on him the way that we depend on any other player. We don't have to view him as a rookie. And then it's always great to see, 
you know, the young guy out there making plays. You're seeing him sacking the quarterback, causing fumbles. Uh, he reminds me of his father, just playing against his father. Those are the type of plays that his father would make. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. You know, it's just it's good to see him out there because, trust me, his father made those same type of plays when I played against him. You know, your relationship with Brady now, three games in, having training camp at this point, and um, just the way that you guys are able to work together and, and how the fact that you guys have played quarterback at the same time as each other, essentially how, how that's affected the relationship you're able to have. Yeah, we talk about a lot of stuff that, in that way too. You know, we go, we talk about a lot of old stuff because football never changes, right? Football is football. So he's seen it all. Like we talked about, he's done it all. Uh, we played against each other. We played during the same time. So and we've always, we've always been good. You know, we've always been good. Now we have an opportunity to work with each other. Now it's just amazingly fun. We have a lot of fun. You know, we, we, we get a lot of work in, but it, it's good to, to coach the goat you know it's good to coach the guy that everybody will consider the best ever uh it's just fun man it's just fun when you have a guy like this who's seen it all done it all you just got to put him in position and watch him execute it's a special thing we're talking offensive coordinator byron Leftwich, and how close is this offense to being what you guys know it can be i still think we got some work to do uh i think that's probably everybody though everybody's probably saying that we we got opportunities to make more plays out there on the grass I think as we get more time together we will I don't like where we at I, I like the, the 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 direction we're going I like where we're going I like the plays that we improve from week one to week three man we just got to continue doing that continue improving uh, I think the sky's the limit for what we can do but right now we just got to hold our head down grind every day and just try to keep getting better and then we'll close with looking ahead to this week against the Chargers. I know they've had a pretty potent pass rush. Uh, what are you guys really preparing for with their defense? Yeah, they got a good defense. Uh, they play at a high level. You know they're going to be well coached. Cut the tape on. Those guys are flying around. They're physical. They play the game violently. So uh, we know we got a big task coming. I know these guys got a couple injuries, but I'm telling you, these guys playing well across the board. They're playing great defense. We got to be ready. We got to make sure we're ready to play, come out and match their intensity and just be ready to execute. But this is a good football team coming in here, a well-coached team coming in here that we all know, and we just got to make sure we're ready to play. Awesome. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and good luck this Sunday. Thanks for having me. All right, this has been Buccaneers Total Access with Head Coach Bruce Arians and Offensive Coordinator Byron Lefwich, brought to you by Advent Health. We'll see you next week. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with Head Coach Bruce Arians has been brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com.